Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Math was never our strong suit, but breaking down Ohio State football is. Sit back and join us for Buckeye Grove Instant Access, part of the Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network. You can do it! Brought to you by BuckeyeGrove.com. Post-game thoughts, immediate analysis, and much, much more to put the big game into perspective. Without any further delay of game, here's your host, Kevin New. Kevin, God Hey, welcome to the BIA Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Noon, and we are going with just one co-host. Braid Moles has joined me here in Piscataway, New Jersey. 56-21, Ohio State wins in a game that had a little bit of everything, had some good moments, had some not-so-great moments, probably not the type of uh, bludgeoning that everybody was expecting. I mean, how many times are you going to sit there and have a 35-point win and have everybody kind of walk away going, well, you know, that was that, but you know, let's let's get right to Braden. His you know his immediate opinions of this game that just was. I think it was certainly the sloppiest game of the season. I mean, you've had some kind of you know knockdown dragouts with Wisconsin and Michigan State, but overall, I think the execution was kind of weak in this one, especially when you look to the second and third team. I mean, I think they have come in and done a very reasonable job in other games. That you know, you look at the Maryland game, something like that. But when you look at this game, you know, Chris Chuganov only 5 of 14. Uh, that's probably his worst performance of the year when he's had uh, any significant playing time. So I think, yeah, when you look at the second and third team, it was kind of a lack of execution, which is kind of, you know, what they've been preaching all year. So I think it was certainly a sloppy win, but a win is a win. So, you know, whether it's, you know, beating Maryland 73 to 14 or Rutgers by this score, I think it, you know, wins a win. Ohio State was not without uh, some issues early in the game. Garrett Wilson puts a punt return on the deck. That ends up leading to uh, to a Rutgers score at that point. And, you know, and some of the errors continued beyond that. But I, I think it's important to focus really on what the first team was able to do. Justin Fields, 15 of 19, 305, a career high for him, four touchdowns. So that was good. Ninety or uh, 89 yards for J.K. Dobbins on 17 carries. Never really had that that big hitter with a long of 18. He only played in the first half. And Chris Olave on the offensive side, four receptions for a buck 39. He was held out of the end zone. Benjamin Victor really, you know, was a beneficiary with a couple of touchdowns there. But when you look at the first team, I definitely think that there were some things there that you can sit there and say, okay, these are good regardless of who they're playing, whether they're playing Rutgers or they're playing Michigan or they're playing Penn State or whatnot. You know, there was some execution there. I think this was certainly, I think, Justin Fields' best performance of the season 
just in terms of going out there and finding his targets. I mean, he's had – they played much better defenses like Wisconsin's defense where he did well there as well. But I think, you know, only four incompletions, I think a couple of throwaways. So, I mean, he really was basically perfect passing the ball and then obviously career high in, uh, in passing yards. And then I think Owave has started to really take that step. I touched on this in last week's What We Learned, but really taking that step is Ohio State's best playmaker. I mean – yeah, four catches for 139 yards. You know, a little unfortunate for him. He didn't get in the end zone, but you really can't ask for much more from him, uh, excuse me, uh, you know, out of his performance today. And then, uh, you know, like Kevin had said, with Benjamin Victor and then K.J. Hill getting in on the, the action as well. I mean, I think when you look at the first team, it really was, you know, 42-7 to seven basically when the, first, when the starters were playing. So I think the final score is a little – lopsided when you consider everything but the first team 42 to 7 that's that's a really strong performance from them Ohio State holds uh, Rutgers to 231 yards if my math is correct a buck 10 on the ground 121 yards passing I mean let's remember Rutgers had their starters in throughout the entire game they certainly weren't gonna go to their twos and threes when Ohio State made that decision Ohio State didn't get into the backfield that much this is the last game that they're gonna go without uh, Chase Young but with no Chase Young no uh no Jonathan Cooper. They held out Damon Arnett for precautionary. They had a sack. They had some tackles for losses. But, you know, I, Rutgers really made a concerted effort to get the ball out of the hands of Johnny Langan as quickly as they could. And, you know, they didn't have a lot of prolonged success, but they were able to get a couple pops here and there. And, yeah, some some of the damage came against the twos and the threes. But, you know, credit to Rutgers for, for you know, trying to play a four-quarter game there and just try and build on, you know, what's been a pretty down season. I mean, I think for in terms of Ohio State's defense, you really can't couldn't have asked for much more of a a better start from them. You know, I think it was two turnovers in the first four plays. So I mean, you really can't ask for much more from them with that. I mean, uh, Sean Wade had an incredible interception, and then obviously forcing the fumble on the next possession. Uh, But then looking at you know, I I was a little surprised that you didn't see more from the pass rush. I mean, I think after the seven sack performance against Maryland, Rucker, you know, it's. They're both bad teams. Well, I mean, I'll say it, but you know, Maryland and Rutgers. I think Rutgers is kind of a worse team than Maryland. So I was surprised that the pass rush, pass rush could not really find their way today. But I think you know, getting Chase Young back will kind of get all those gears turning again against Penn State. You know, one more question before we go to our break that I'll you know I'll kind of pose there. You know, they're coming off of back to back games against teams in the bottom of the Big Ten East. Probably a little difficult to get up for these types of games uh, with Penn State and Michigan lurking. You know, do you how much of a, how much of a, mal- a malaise do you think may have even just kind of been there in terms of they've been kind of on a bit of a roller coaster with the Chase Young saga. They know that you know they know Penn State is coming next week. They know you know just how important these next two games are, and and we we see it year in and year out. Everybody struggles to get up for a dozen games. I mean, they're going to be down games. Your good teams, their down games are still going to end up being decisive ones at that point. But, you know, what what, what do you think? I mean, some people call it lack of focus. Some people just say it's hard to get up for all the games. What, what say you? I mean, I, I think this certainly acted as sort of a wake-up call. I mean, it, it's hard to say it's a wake-up call when they've won every game this season by 24 points, or uh, at least 24 points. But, um, you know, I think you had some of the issues, you know, with Garrett Wilson muffing the punt that immediately led to the Rutgers score and then – 
you know, just some of those issues, letting some of those big gains from Rutgers go through. I really think this will serve as a wake-up call as they head into these bigger games against Penn State and Michigan because, you know, as, as I said earlier, execution is something they have been preaching all season, whether it's from Justin Fields all the way down to Gunnar Hoke, you know, from the first team to the third team. And the second and third team really weren't the ones – doing that great of a job of executing today. So I think this week going into Penn State, really writing everything. You know, there were a lot of teachable moments from the game today, you know, from Garrett Wilson returning punts to, you know, there was a lot of stuff that you can look at that Ohio State could improve upon going into these next two games. We'll talk about the rest of the Big Ten and the NC2A here in a second, but first a word from one of our sponsors. Water conditioning has been treating well in city water in central Ohio with American-made water filtration products for over 60 years. Have a water quality problem? The water treatment experts at Hague know how to solve it. Not sure if your water softener is working? They will test, inspect, and sanitize any brand of water softener for only $20. Schedule a system checkup or water test today by calling 614-836-2195 or visit them online at hagueh2o.com. That's H-A-G-U-E-H2O.com. Welcome back to the BIA Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Noon, joined here with uh, Braden Moles from uh, SHI Stadium or whatever the acronym is here in Piscataway, New Jersey. Ohio State, a 56-21 winner to move to 10-0 on the season, still perfect in Big Ten play. And speaking of Big Ten play, we had, as at the time that we're recording this, most of the games are already done. Uh, Penn State was a touchdown better than Indiana. Michigan really ported on Michigan State 44-10. In a non-conference game, Northwestern 45-6 over UMass. Uh, Wisconsin was uh, 16 points better than Nebraska. And then, of course, in the Big Ten, a Big Ten West major game, Minnesota and Iowa. Minnesota comes up on the short end after having some opportunities toward the end, just unable to overcome it. Now they're sitting with a loss. What say you know? What what are you seeing now with how the Big Ten is shaping up? I mean, obviously Ohio State kind of knows what they need to do. The West is a mess as we kind of expected. You know, two two weeks left. I think it's really interesting when you look at Ohio State's schedule and the way it's kind of played out. They've had all of these big games that are coming up on their schedule that then, you know, a week or just weeks before the game, some air is kind of taken out of it by a Big Ten team kind of blowing it against a worse opponent. So, I mean, you look at, you know, obviously Wisconsin losing to Illinois right before they played and then Penn State dropping their game to Minnesota before the upcoming game this week. And now it's, you know... Ohio State will not have that kind of vaunted matchup against an undefeated Big Ten West, you know, representative. So I think it kind of hurts Ohio State in terms of, you know, looking for that big premier matchup this season. But I think – I still think Minnesota – you know, I, I'm not looking at the standings right now, but I believe uh, Minnesota-Wisconsin will come de- – that game will basically be for the Big Ten West. So I think – I mean, that will be a huge game. And I think those are still two very good teams despite their losses – so I think regardless, Ohio State will still have a quality opponent they'll have to face. Ohio State, with its win over Rutgers, has eliminated Michigan really from the Big Ten race in the East. Uh, if Ohio State is able to get past Penn State next week, Ohio State will clinch the East at that point, know that they will be going to Indianapolis the first weekend of, uh, of December. And then, of course, you have the big game against Michigan. Um, national news Tua Tagovailoa. I never can pronounce his last Tagalivoa. name. Tagovailoa. There you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to write it down phonetically. We'll just say Tua, uh, Alabama quarterback, knocked out of the game. He is done for the season, and it could be a much longer lasting uh, type of injury, as they say that it could be a career threatener, very similar to an injury that really derailed Bo Jackson's 
uh, you know, career. You know, before we get to big picture in terms of what this means in football, more on just the, the human aspect, your heart has to go out to a guy like Tua. Yeah, I mean, obviously we, you know, despite, you know, obviously there's always been a big rivalry between, you know, these two big fan bases in Ohio State and Alabama, but obviously wishing nothing for the best uh, for Tua as he works forward in his recovery year. Now to, you know, we're here to talk about football and the football aspect of it. Alabama, everybody's trying to get them into the top four, or at least CBS and ESPN. Gary, are, Gary Danielson. And Gary Danielson, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, 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 the wheels are turning at this point. You know, oh, well, if they can, with, with, with Mac Jones, if they're able to get past Auburn and whatnot, uh, you know, this definitely throws a little bit of a wrench in the uh, SEC's uh, hopes of getting two teams into the, the college football playoff field. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly I think Alabama, despite their, I believe it was 38-7 to win over uh, Mississippi State, uh, I, I think they're definitely going to f- see a drop in the ranks. I mean, the committee has talked before about how they take these kind of situations into consideration. I believe it was Clemson last season when uh, Kelly Bryan ended, ended up getting injured. I think Clemson may have taken a drop in the polls a little bit. So I think they obviously take these type of consider these situations into consideration. So I think Alabama is absolutely going to fall this week, and I think their chance at making the playoffs is done because I don't see how you can reasonably expect this Alabama team to compete with Mac Jones at quarterback. Uh, You know, just talking about Clemson there, they rolled Wake Forest. Let's, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. Wake Forest without their number one receiver, really their entire offense at that point. So, I, it was 52-3 or something the last I saw. I don't know what it ended up. Uh, everybody very excited about them. We're getting into a, fi- a fun couple of final weeks. Uh, you, you know, I'm not, I'm not asking you to completely prognosticate the field at this point, but what kind of surprises do you think we might see along the way? I, honestly, I'm not sure if there's going to be many surprises from here on out because I think, obviously, I think that the injury to Tua takes Alabama out of the, out of the running here. And I think, I think LSU... LSU just my personal prediction, I think LSU, Clemson, and Ohio State are going to run the table here. So you have three teams there. Then you're looking at either a potential one-loss Big 12 champion or a one-loss Pac-12 champion to take that final spot. And then it's just going to come down to resume where I think, you know, I I don't know what the score is right now in the Baylor-Oklahoma game, but, uh, I mean, that's obviously going to have a huge impact on kind of how the rest of the season works out. Cause, you know, if Baylor wins out, they obviously have a spot uh, – <laughs> I just looked at the score. Uh, at the time we're recording, it's in the second quarter, 10-34 left. Baylor 28, Oklahoma 3. Okay. So, with, with that, that withstanding, so if Baylor goes undefeated, they will obviously have a spot there. And then, you know, I I think this is definitely a situation where you, where you were going to look at a potential one-loss champion that's going to be left out of the playoffs, whether that's from the Pac-12 or, you know, we'll, I guess we'll see what happens in uh, the Big 12. Right. It'll be really interesting since everybody plays everybody there and then you take the top two teams because there are no divisions in a 10-team league there. So it'll be interesting to see how that, that shapes up. Texas fell to Iowa State in the last second. That was kind of a, a feather in the cap of LSU because they'd gone and, and, and beaten uh, Texas and Austin. But they're up 31-7 on Ole Miss right now at the half. I think LSU is going to be able to take care of its own business and uh, you know maintain where it's at. But I, I think it's going to be a fun couple weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Everybody's going to be going through that. And, of course, you can go on to BuckeyeGrove.com. 
we'll have plenty of conversation there in the horseshoe lounge and everything else. But, uh, you know, I'm going to take this into the final stretch. You know, any final thoughts you have before we call it a night? Um, I mean, I, I just think, like I had said, this is just this is kind of that final tune-up game for Ohio State before they get into that last, last stretch of the season. Because I, I think it's possible Penn State will be the best team Ohio State will play until a potential playoff game. But, you know, the, this final Rutgers game, now you're going into a stretch of Penn State, Michigan, a potential Big Ten championship game, and then whatever playoff matchup may await. So I think this is really that kind of tune-up game where they can look at what went wrong, whether it be, you know, Garrett Wilson's uh, muffed punt that turned into points for Rutgers, those types of things that Ohio State can really look at to fix before this final stretch. Exactly. Ryan Day will have no shortage of material to work on with this team. Um, you know, obviously, if you're an Ohio State fan, you would love to have seen them won, win this game 84 nothing, set all sorts of records. But, you know, maybe getting knocked down to earth a little bit, uh, even though a lot of the problems occurred with the twos and the threes, is still, you know, it's you still want to have those teaching moments. You don't want to, you don't want to be peaking, the, you know, the first or second week in November. You still have – it still can be a long season to go, Ohio State – two games left in the regular season, potential Big Ten pl- uh, championship game, and then up to two games in the postseason if they make the field of four. But we have plenty of time to talk about that as the days and weeks go on. I want to thank Braden Moles for being part of us. He's fighting back some sort of uh, seasonal cold or whatnot. He's done his best to keep from coughing and choking on the air. But, uh, you know, you can catch us every week here at the on the BIA podcast, part of the Unscripted Ohio Network. And uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. We will talk to you soon. Be sure to stay up to date with Buckeye Grove Instant Access when the news breaks or after the big game. Exclusively at BuckeyeGrove.com or anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher as part of the Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network. Hit that subscribe button so you can stay in the know and never miss a single episode. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.